Hi guys, today we'll be talking about how to maintain good mental hygiene during college, especially during the first year when everyone's transitioning from living at home to living in a completely new environment with new responsibilities and freedom. As many of you know, I'm currently in my first semester of college at Emory University, and it's had its ups and downs, so I wanted to share some things with you that I wish I knew before college but I still have a lot to learn. So to help us out today is Dr. Tanil Gaines, Executive Director of Counseling and Psychological Services at Emory, and Dr. Renisha Miller, who's a licensed psychologist newly on staff from John Hopkins University's Mental Health Services. Is there anything either of you would like to add before we go on? Thank you for having us. And my hope is that this helps to demystify some things around mental wellness and hygiene. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank yeah. you, guys. So the first question's really broad, but in general, why do you think change is hard? Whether that's going, starting college is a change, moving places, new jobs, people tend to struggle with these things. Why do you guys think that is? I think anything that takes us out of what we're familiar with, what we're comfortable with, can be frightening. And I think that there's a lot of uncertainty that exists around change. And sometimes we tend to err on the side of looking at things from more of a negative perspective in terms of change, instead of kind of valuing some of the opportunities that exist within change and the learning opportunities and how we can grow from some of those challenges faced. So anything that takes you away from what you're used to can be challenging. Yeah, also to that uncertainty piece, the newness of it all. In my experience with working with students, I hear over and over again, what if I can't? So this idea of what if I transition into this change and something happens that I don't know how to handle? So it's almost as if you are anticipating your ability to survive the change. And that not knowing will you be able to survive it makes change very difficult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a lot of it is fear of the unknown. Because mm -hmm. when you're doing the same routine with yeah. the same people, everything's set. But when you do anything new, yeah. then you don't know the challenges that are going to come. <laughs> and then all the worst case scenarios yeah. start playing in people's heads. Yeah. yeah, we like to be prepared. We do. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. something you can't necessarily do with something that's uncertain. You don't know what you need to know, right? Yeah. And you have to flex that muscle, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the only way to build that tolerance around not knowing is to take risk mm -hmm. sometimes. And that involves change, trying new things. So do you guys think there's a such thing as too much change? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I find myself sometimes kind of sharing with students that, Typically, one transition in and of itself is difficult for all the reasons that we discuss. Mm -hmm. But let's say, for instance, a student just got to campus. Um, they meeting new pe they're meeting new people, mm -hmm. new roommates, um, and maybe they're starting a new romantic relationship. That's four different changes all at once. And each of those changes has their own set of unknowns and unknowns and uncertainties, right? And so all of those things coalesce and creates a sense of being overwhelmed, mm -hmm. which we know can lead into stress. Mm -hmm. So a lot of change can be very overwhelming. And in a perfect world, I would advise against it. But sometimes 
life doesn't give us the opportunity to choose when we have to step into change. Yeah, absolutely. That was perfect. (laughs) So that's why it's important for all of us to recognize your limitations and to set some boundaries around things because all of the things that you mentioned are all fun and exciting and they're new, but they do bring their own level of stress, as you stated. So I always like to tell folks to take things in doses, Mm -hmm. do it in moderation. Absolutely. You don't have to go all in. And I think that's what we try to do. And especially, you know, when you're just starting school, when you're just starting college you want to do everything all at one time mm-hmm. but you've got four years maybe yeah. five maybe six maybe <laughs> seven because everyone's journey is different and so take it in doses yes absolutely yeah I think that's really helpful because a lot of times people come here and they're like I'm gonna get a job right away mm-hmm. I'm gonna get research right away I'm gonna do this club I'm gonna do this competition but a lot of people told me start slow mm-hmm. and then slowly add things to your plate yeah yes. so what specific aspects of the transition to college do you think are stressful for students and what can they do to deal with these aspects independence I think it can be two sides of one coin. This idea that you're away from home for the very first time, and yes, I get to make all my own decisions. But there's sometimes a burden that comes with making your own decisions. You have to weigh the pros and the cons of things. And if something falls through, that feeling of, oh, the consequences are only on my shoulder. So a lot of times, surprisingly, students can get overwhelmed with this idea of, I'm, o- I'm independent. Mm-hmm. I'm independent. Mm-hmm. You know, and that could lead to some resistance or some hesitation towards reaching out for help Mm -hmm. because going off to college independence is the big thing that we push especially in our culture but it has a downside you Mm -hmm. know feeling like I can't reach out for help I have to do this by myself but that's not the case Mm -hmm. that's not the case at all yeah and I think if we stick to, you know, just kind of the, the notion of having more independence, there's independence around time, there's independence mm-hmm. around thought, which I think can be challenging for a lot of students when you are finally in a place where you're like, wow, I can begin to think for myself. I don't necessarily have the influence of my family mm-hmm. immediately yeah. present, but yet they're still in the background. Yes. But I'm thinking about how do I fit in this new space and in this new new world that I'm now a part of and so I think that that opens up a lot of things for students in terms of identity and exploration and that can be stressful when you feel Mm -hmm. like you cannot reach out for the support so I would identify that as a major stressor Mm -hmm. for students when you think about times when you changed a lot when your identity was forming it's often in hindsight like Mm -hmm. oh who would have thought this would have influenced Mm -hmm. me so much but over here it's like actively there's so many decisions that you're making trying to Mm -hmm. figure out who you want to be like oh am I the kind of person who goes out every night Mm -hmm. and do I study in what kind of friends what kind of hobbies you're very actively creating your own identity instead of reacting to things that are happening outside of your control yes and and one of the things I will add kind of related to that College and university life is in many ways a self-study. You are in a microcosm of a perpetual classroom. Mm -hmm. And so I often tell people, you know, 
I had been experiencing things throughout my life, but it was college that I learned the language mm-hmm. to explain the experiences. And so perpetually being in this learning environment, it increases your awareness of your surroundings, your relationships, and even of yourself, right? So not only are you navigating coursework, but you're navigating your own personal self-study because you are literally 24-7 searching, thinking, pursuing Mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that can be fun and it can be a culture shock, an internal culture shock. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I felt that here because in high school, you are given the homework, Mm -hmm. you do Mm -hmm. the assignments, Mm -hmm. the structure is very much laid out for you. And over here, it's like, a, what what are my study habits? What do I like to do? And then B, especially in the beginning of the year, I felt like I wasn't being social enough and making friends. Right. And at the same time, I felt like I wasn't studying enough yeah. uh-huh. and getting things done. So I think what I've realized is a lot of times it feels like people are going out and partying every night, but those people are the ones talking about it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. like in, yes. in reality, yeah. one like does, but like your yeah. balance is going to be personal to you. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. You know, let's let's stick with culture shock if we can for a little bit, because mm-hmm. let's talk about folks who are coming to an environment that is either more diverse or less diverse than when they're where they're coming from and that ushers in a lot as well you know if you are someone who grew up in a small town and now suddenly you're on a campus with 16,000 students pretty diverse student body how do you handle that yeah there are a lot of things that are in place that probably cause you to question some of the beliefs that you held And if you don't know how to hold that, I think it can be very distressing for Mm -hmm. a lot of folks. Yeah. And I think related to that, too, we see a lot of difficulty around this time of year Mm -hmm. where students have been away for the first time. and Now they're going back home, Mm -hmm. but they're returning home as Mm -hmm. a new version of Mm -hmm. themselves. And so contemplating the culture shock of going back. Will they, will my family still relate to me? Will we still agree? Will Will I relate to them? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So the culture shock goes kind of both ways Mm -hmm. for all the reasons we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Because being on campus, it kind of forces you to face yourself, Mm -hmm. question, rebuild, reconceptualize. And you're taking that newness back home and wondering, will it still fit? Will I still be a part of the picture mm-hmm. yeah I think the other thing that often makes kids feel separated from home is sometimes I feel like everyone at home is changing uh, and I'm not updated on what's going on uh-huh. you know like with my little sister like oh you had a test I didn't even know about yeah. it that kind of thing slowly they have inside jokes that you can't relate to mm-hmm. and you start mm-hmm. feeling a little left out a little homesick but yeah. also that's part of growing up yeah, you yeah. can't go back to that yeah like, it's part of the transition yeah everybody's changing I know for me, I went to a school that was very majority Asian, Mm -hmm. so Emory's a lot more diverse Mm -hmm. than my school, and my friend group back in high school was primarily Indian American girls like me, so I came here, my parents were like, there's not going to be that many Indian girls, how will you make friends, Mm -hmm. seek them out, and 
I didn't really click with any Indian girls here mm. right away, mm -hmm. even though I went to the events, the yeah. cultural clubs and stuff, but most of the friends I've made aren't Indian. I've made a very, a very diverse set of friends. Right. Yeah. And my parents, especially me too, there was this concern that we wouldn't be able to relate to one another. Mm -hmm. But now that we're talking, I realize we have so much in common. And also I'm hearing so much new stuff from them yeah. that's causing my mind to explode every day. Mm -hmm. So now that I've kind of taken that pressure off of, of finding people who I share an ethnicity with, I feel relieved. It's one yeah. less criterion friends. Yeah. 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 I like the way you described that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I think that's, that's also a way to take care of yourself. I think a lot of people think coming in for, let's say, counseling services is just, I'm just going to be talking about mm -hmm. my sadness <laughs> or my anxiousness. But coming to therapy sometimes can help you navigate how to adjust. And as you were just describing, adjusting sometimes is recreating your life yeah. in ways that you didn't know you needed, mm -hmm. right? So one of the things I had to learn because I grew up in a predominantly black African-American community and I went to school in Maine. So from Alabama to Maine, <laughs> talk about a culture shock. Yeah. And I just expected to connect with all the other black African-American mm -hmm. students on campus. Yeah. But what I found out is even within my community, we are not a monolith, right? Yeah. Right. And so that forced me to really understand myself beyond my racial, ethnic background mm -hmm. and get to know who am I mm -hmm. as, you know, a student? Who am I as an extroverted introvert, mm -hmm. you know? And that is what helped me to recreate my life on campus mm -hmm. in a way that felt in alignment with who I was becoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you start to to recognize what parts of self or what identities you mm -hmm. hold are most salient for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that changes, you know, mm -hmm. my experience with college. So I grew up in a military family. We moved around a lot. And while there was diversity, mm -hmm. I still lacked seeing people who look like me yeah. mm -hmm. in a classroom. So my desire was to go to a historically black college and university. So I went to an HBCU. And... That was different for me, mm -hmm. too, you know. Um, but it was nice because I feel like it set me on my path toward my own racial identity development, yes. which has been a strong foundation for me. Yeah. When you're constructing your own identity and your racial identity, it's very personal. Yes. There's no, like, yes. there's no, oh, meet as many diverse people uh -huh. you can meet or, like, oh, only talk to people of your yeah. own Correct. ethnicity. Like, yes. Once we take that pressure off and mm -hmm. just meet people, yeah. then... Yeah. 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 And it takes letting your guard down mm -hmm. and it takes addressing any biases that you may have, you know, and I feel like nowadays we're getting hit with that harder. There's a mirror in front of us every day mm -hmm. where you have to make contact with that. Yes. And I think letting your guard down in college can be especially difficult because... Mm -hmm. I mean, for me in high school, I didn't really care what people thought. I had a, <laughs> yes, yeah. I had a solid group of friends. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens, we'll ride or die, you yeah. know? Yeah. Over here, I don't know anyone. Yes. I need to make a good first impression. Yeah. I don't want anyone to think that I'm weak mm -hmm. or vulnerable. So that also yeah. adds a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. Coming to college, there's a lack of sustained history. Mm -hmm. Everything feels new 
new. You're literally creating things from the ground up when we think about your social support networks or your friend group. And so as opposed to the people back home who've known you for ages, they're invested Uh. and you're for sure certain that they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you get to college, it's like, oh my goodness, this is still the foundation. And so with that comes an increased fear of rejection yeah, Mm -hmm. because things are still tentative. Things are still new Mm -hmm. and that can be scary and make you double think about Mm -hmm. what are others thinking about me Mm -hmm. or second guess yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. You're building. Yeah. And in order to build, you got to test. Yes. So you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think students come in feeling like they have to be perfect. Yes. You got to get it all right the first time. And you don't. Mm-hmm. I think this is your time to make those mistakes yes. and to learn from them and to take those risks. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like I didn't really start to connect with people until I became a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming into college, one of my fears was I have, mm-hmm. and I was and things have been really good for the past couple of years, but I was scared things would get bad mm-hmm. and no one here really knows how to help me. Mm-hmm. And I was also scared people would find out and they'd yeah. think I was crazy. Yeah. Cause with depression, anxiety, to some degree, everyone relates. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what it's like to feel sad or anxious. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes with things like OCD, it's very hard for people to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was t- just talking to one of my friends and I said something and she's like, Pranjal, do you have OCD? And I was like, how do you know? And she's like, I have it too. And then after we talked, we agreed that we're going to be each other's support system because she Mm -hmm. was also feeling the same way. She was also scared of things getting bad again. And I found someone who I can rely on when it comes to this aspect of my life. And I wouldn't have discovered that if I had just been like, no, what are you talking about? That's a crazy accusation to me. Yeah, yeah. Kind of going back to the myth thing. um, The thing that oftentimes draws us to other people or makes us connect to other people is recognizing the humanity in them. Mm. Recognizing that they struggle just like we struggle it creates a sense of camaraderie it creates a sense of compassion as well as empathy and those are the bedrocks of vulnerability and connection Mm. so actually it behooves you to show those sides of yourself because that's how you're going to initiate and maintain the connection yeah being vulnerable Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of why I made my the most friends in my chemistry class. Yeah. Because the class is so difficult. <laughs> yeah. We're all sitting together. We're like, I do not understand this. Yeah. And we're bonding in our confusion. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because you could have easily sat there and like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I got this. Yeah. Wow. I'm struggling in silence. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so detrimental to mm-hmm. us yes. when we allow ourselves to struggle in silence. And so... Yes giving yourself permission to just say it aloud like this shiggity is confusing mm-hmm. and so what are we yes. gonna do about yes. that yeah while we're on the topic of myths one of the myths i came in with was that college was going to be way easier than high school no yeah because you have, you've got to stick to your schedule. Mm-hmm. You have no one reminding you about anything. You get the syllabus in your class. You better review that. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you probably going to miss some quizzes, yeah. <laughs> some yeah. tests or something like that. But 
yeah, I think it's maybe it's not so much the the material is harder, mm-hmm. I think, to a degree, but I think it's the structure or lack thereof around it mm-hmm. that makes it difficult. Yeah. And I think in, in many ways, life is happening mm-hmm. a lot more or you're exposed to life a lot more. Because when you're, you know, with your parents or you're back home, there's still a little bit of you that's sheltered and protected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas in college, you're kind of, you're exposed to a lot of new things. Yeah. And so it's difficult, not just academically, but on the social, just human side of things. You're experiencing life mm-hmm. really from out underneath the shadows a little bit. And that can be... Ooh, that can be very much a shock to the system. Absolutely. And you notice we're disclosing a lot about ourselves, and I think it's important mm-hmm. so that, you know, your listeners hear that we're human too. Yes. And that we've been there before. And I think for me, one of the myths I held or I thought, like, I was quiet in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was like, when I get to college, I'm coming <laughs> out. Like, that, I'm just going to be so outgoing. <laughs> yes. And while I did some things, yeah. I still was that introverted to Neil. Yeah. But I found ways to still connect with other people, mm-hmm. to, to go out and to do the things that fed my soul. But I think I thought I was going to be this social butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. That just wasn't me. Yeah. And I think it was kind of a little on the other end for me. I went in just on top of everything and really thought that that was the bulk of my intelligence, my my ability to be successful. Mm-hmm. How organized am, am I? Mm-hmm. How much can I work ahead? But I think college taught me that I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And when the essence of you is someone who excels if you change up your schedule and let's say you complete an assignment two days before it's due as opposed to three months before it's due (laughs) yeah you will get through it because you Rainisha, are smart and intelligent all these other things around you just boost that but you were the cake before the icing came Mm -hmm. and so i think college helped me to grasp who I really was because for so long I thought it was all the fluff and all those things helped me to be smart and achieve it you know but it's like no I do those things because you are you those are all the questions I had for this episode in the next episode we're going to be continuing this conversation with Dr. Tenille Gaines and Dr. Rainisha Miller. So if any of you have any questions for them, please feel free to email notanotherdepressedteen at gmail.com. We're going to be going more in depth on mental health struggles in college and what you can do to tackle them. So I'm very excited for that episode and I hope this episode was very informational. Once again, please don't hesitate to email us with any lingering questions and thank you for listening.